0: We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. And so, you know, I, I used to, you know, I would just say whatever. Like, well, I know people say, you still do that. But, but it, was, it was uncontrolled. It was just whatever, you know. And so this got me into a lot of problems as I got older with my father. Because I just began to not honor my father like I should. And I began to just go at him because of things I thought he wasn't doing right. And uh, my dad's church was out of town about three hours away, two hours away, something like that. And so I, I would always feel like because he would be out of town, he wasn't there for me. And, or he wasn't there for the family. And so that would just upset me. After, after I got older, I, I was going to church with him, but then after I got older, it would just upset me. And we would get into it. And then some reason as i got older i got to the point to where i just felt like i could talk back to him and tell him whatever i was thinking and go at him like just like he was just a regular man and y'all know how dangerous that is right okay especially grown man strength my daddy was six two you know and i was five nothing and he had grown man strength and let me tell you young boy something (laughs) It's a big you ain't finna just fight a grown man. It just don't happen that way. It it's something God God steps in. I'm serious. And it's just a grown man thing. It's a disrespectful thing. And God just don't like it. So you lose. You can't win. And uh but you know, as I was as I was getting older, I just I, you know, I had a lot going on in my mind I just, you know f- So I felt like I would rather be homeless than live With my dad at the time I just like, you know, he you know, uh, He ain't doing what I think he ought to do And I'm missing that So I remember I was pretty much sleeping In my sister's car I would borrow her car, take her to work, drop her off Because she worked overnight And I would just sleep in her car and, okay. Instead of having a place to live This is how angry and wrathful I was in my heart uh, and it, it was wasn't just that. I think I also blamed him because when uh, I was younger, the, the uh, I was uh, when I was molested, it was by church people at his church, and so that kinda I guess worked its way in as well in my mind because it was during service one time, and you know, and I just always wondered where he was, like why. Oh. Hey, you know, because you, you as a kid or a young person you fix it in your mind like why is what, he, why is what he's doing more important than me? You know, you don't have a, a as a 12 year old or whatever you don't have a way to think maturely you know what i'm saying so i have no way of seeing him and what and his perspective all i could see was me so all of these things kind of just you know but at that age you know you don't even know how to talk to an adult and tell them what's going on so you just keep it inside and that's even worse that's why i always tell young people i talk to young people tell them you know make sure you're getting stuff out and you saying stuff because if you keep it in you'll create This whole different existence in your mind, but your anger and all of that stuff will still you'll still be reacting to it, even though you think you suppressed it. Does that make sense? So anyway, I went through this period, you know, and I was all this stuff. So I just figured, you know, I just not I just had all of this wrath and anger in me and, and whatever, you know, and I I didn't at one at any point not love my father. But I just, I, I don't know, even, I can't even explain how angry I was and how angry I was at him. And um, it just, it was just in there. It was just anger from all kinds of stuff. So I just felt like, you know, he's, he's a pastor. He'll be okay. You know, I just kind of go do my own thing. And, man, I started living pretty much in, in the streets. I started living in cars. I started living, I remember me and my cousin was standing in this vacant apartment at one point. Uh, we just I was just trying to avoid him because I, I had contempt in my heart, okay? And it was the devil because the devil knew. I talked about it in my book. He knew exactly what I was going to do, what I, who I was going to be, so he's messing with my mind. And that's why, you know, now I, I'm on almost every hero's meeting. I'm telling men, don't live in your head. Don't I tell y'all that? Get out your head because... In your head is foolishness. How are you going to fix your problem in your head and you the problem? And that's your head. So, get out. Look at somebody say, get out your head. Anybody around me. I, man, talk. 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 I'm tired of folks holding stuff in for years, blowing up on me and then leaving my life because you didn't talk. So, you got to talk. Look at somebody and say, talk. So, I, you know, I was holding this stuff in and I, you know, I never talked to him about it, whatever. And I was just angry, whatever, whatever. And um, I remember the last time me and my, me and my fa- father got into it and um, we had a fight and he, I pushed him. And he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, get, he said, get out of my house. And I said, I, I don't want to be in your house. I said, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need you. And he looked at me Actually he looked through me And he said something It was almost like he put Handcuffs and leg shackles On me with his words Seriously He said you will need me Before I'll need you And I mean It's almost like I I was in I mean I was just shackled By those words Because after that day my life just I took a downward spiral. I mean, it, it just got bad. And I, I tell you know, I was. I think I had a basket of clothes with a few shirts and a few pair of pants that I was. Even when I was courting, I just had to rotate that little basket of clothes, looking for places to wash it. Just trying to eat when I could. I mean, it was just bad. I mean, I, my life was trash, and it was. It was. It was God. You know, my daddy's words were my father's words. So, I remember I was, uh, my pastor at the time, he had, come, he had come to me one time and he was like, you know, I'm going to help you, you know, be a man and teach you some things that you need to learn and different things. And so he began to kind of help me, but I still had this anger or resentment. Uh, well, it was contempt is what, what it actually was for, for my father. And uh, so he began trying to help me with it. And, you know, and I know some of y'all are like, well, what did your daddy do? What did your daddy do? Well, let me tell you something. It don't matter what he did. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That don't have nothing to do with this story I'm telling you. Amen. Nothing to do with it. What your daddy did has nothing to do with you honoring him. Amen. Nothing. There is no contingency to the scripture. None. (laughs) Y'all better listen to me. Your life will be at a halt if you have contempt in your heart. And so he began to help me or whatever. And he said, man, you know, I want you to come and play for my youth choir. Uh, You come and play for the youth choir. And I give you a little bit every week or whatever to kind of help you or whatever. So I start playing for the youth choir or whatever, and then one, one rehearsal, a friend of mine showed up, Alvin Pope. Some of y'all may know Alvin, I don't know. Alvin's a keyboard, I mean, he's a, he just a genius musically, but he used to come out to my dad's church all the time and do workshops, and I used to laugh at Alvin all the time because he was the only person I knew that would back himself up while he was preaching on the organ. <laughs> Change keys and everything. He didn't need nobody else, him and the organ. But, uh, and he showed me a lot of things uh, when I was learning to play. Uh, he showed me a whole lot of things. So Alvin showed up one, one just, just out of the blue. I was teaching the choir, whatever, and he was just sitting in there. And after it was over, he walked up to me and he was like, "Man, how you doing?" I said, "Man, I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm working with the choir, whatever, whatever." And um, you know, and me and Alvin, our relationship, it, it had never gotten spiritual before. We were just friends, And all of a sudden, was like, oh, okay. So what is it? He said, son, God is not going to use you until you honor your father. Now, Alvin don't know what's going on. So it had to be God's, one of those moments. And I said, what do you mean honor him? I said, i honor him. He said, no, man. He said, look, let me tell you something. He said, there's a call on your life. He said, you have to honor your father. So I remember going home that night, and I just asked the Lord. I said, you know, how, how do I do that? Like, what, what, what do I need to do? And God told me, you, you have to forgive him. You have to forgive him. For whatever it is, you have to forgive him, and you have to form a relationship with him. Because your relationship with him is going to dictate your relationship with me. How you feel about him is going to be how you feel about me. How you honor him is how you will honor me. Folks think I just started preaching this father stuff. Y'all, this is, I was... I wasn't even married. I don't think was I married when it's, I wasn't even married yet. So I had to be nineteen, twenty years old at this time, somewhere in there. And so I called him, and uh, no. think we we went somewhere. I went to the, I I remember in my mind a surplus store going to look for some he did air conditioning, so looking for a surplus, we were at some surplus air conditioning store or something. I went with him because he used to always take me with him when he was doing those kind of things trying to help me learn it and I didn't learn none of it. And I didn't learn none of it because he used to say I had girl hands. Now I got some soft hands. But I couldn't burrow down in his toolbox and get stuff. Because nothing, nothing was organized, just sharp objects. But his hands, he could burrow down to the bottom and pull up, I mean, a, a, a blade and just hold it like that. And I'm sitting taking stuff out, just and He move out the way, them girl hands, and he would just reach there. It's like I don't think I'm a good apprentice. I don't think this relationship is working. I'm not learning anything because you keep doing it. He, he would just do it. Oh, let me do that. Taught me how to make a plantum box. I'm sitting up there trying to make the plantum box, hand bleed and everything. Get out the way. And he just do it. So I, I learned nothing. I know the word planum, and that's about it. So we was at a surplus place, you know, and it's so funny. We would, I would, we would be together and stuff, but I would have this stuff in my heart. You understand what I'm saying? But we were at this place together, and I told him, I said, I said, Dad, you know, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. He said, for what? I said, for just, you know, being a jerk, just not, you know, not acting right, not treating you right or whatever. And he said, oh, you know, everyone gets angry at times. I mean, my daddy was just like that. He would just kind of let you off the hook, I mean. You know, and it was just a relief to talk to him because he, you know, he, he just, it, it was, you know, he just let it go like that. Almost like, you know, he, he well, I knew he, he, he just really loved me, so he just let it go. And then, Sabetha got pregnant. Hmm? By yourself. <laughs> she tried to set me up. And we wasn't married, and she got pregnant, and we didn't have nowhere to go. And I, you know, my dad, he said, what you going to do? He said, you don't have nowhere to go. I said, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I said, you right. I said, it's just like you said. It's like, I, I'm going to need you before you need me. He said. I don't care about that. He said, I, I got a place for you. And my dad, at the time, they were living in an apartment. Was it a two-bedroom? Yeah, a two-bedroom loft. It had like a little living room. <laughs> a little living room area. And my dad went and got a bed. And and he fixed that little room up for me and Sabatha. He said, you going to marry? I said, well, we, we got married. I said, uh, her father did it. Man, we had the jack-leggedest marriage ever. <laughs> we literally just got a license and he signed it. We, <laughs> that was it. We didn't care, though. I mean, I'm worried about where we going to stay. <laughs> this is just paperwork. This means nothing but um he fixed that room up and i remember he had this bed and they had my mom and them had this little orange bedspread over it and i mean they made it just look so nice and he just took us in gave us a place to stay we went it after she had vicky we came back there and then he he just came to me one day and he after that it was a few weeks after he said i got you an apartment because he was the maintenance guy in the apartment complex he said i I got you an apartment. He said, y'all can just move right into this apartment over here. I got some furniture that I can... (laughs) And I needed that. I needed to go through that. I I deserved every bit of that. Every bit of it because I was not viewing him in the right light. And there's no way I would have viewed God in the right light. And so... I went through that period and ended up working with him where he got me to work with him. He got me a job there in the apartments and got me a place, knew we needed to be close because we had Vicky. And so when we didn't have a phone, the pay phone, that was our phone, and we had to run across the way. Run the mothers whenever we needed something. We run back and forth. She had they had, we use their phone. I mean, God just, you know, he he was doing something. He was showing me that I that I had to fix this in my heart with my dad. Cause it just wasn't gonna work with him if I didn't. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, this is tough. This is tough to talk about. But <clears throat> I had to honor him. And then after that. His health just started going down. And five years later, he died. And if I hadn't done what God told me to do, I wouldn't have had those five years. We had five of the best years, really. Just, I mean, he would just come over, the kids. I mean, we would just spend time together. Just, I mean... And the night before he died I was there with him and it was just me and him in the room and he began for the first time in my whole life he began to talk he began to talk like, like he knew this is it so let me tell you things and he began to tell me you know how not to neglect my family for ministry how not to put the church before the family, how to spend time with my family and make sure everybody's okay in my family. He said, because he had a lot of regrets with me, a lot of things he wished we could have done. And I told him, I said, you know, I you did what you what you could do, and I can't hold you. I said, That was my fault trying to hold you to stuff. My expectations of what I thought you should do based on something else I saw, you were being you, and I appreciate that. You showed me how to be a a minister and how to take care of a family as a preacher, and that's what God has for me, so you did your job. And he asked me, he said, you think I did a good job? And I told him, Yeah, you did a good job. I said, You did a real good job. And that night, well, that morning, my mom called me and told me, I think your father is leaving. I need you to come real quick. And he literally passed in my arms at the house, with me holding him. And, uh, but it just made me realize five years. Prior to that, had I not done what God wanted me to do, man, I would not be standing right here. That's how important these principles are because you just never know why God is doing what he's doing. Amen. So I thank God. I, you know, I think about him all the time. I still, still dream he's here. Don't want to wake up. He's doing stuff in my dream and telling me stuff. And I, don't, I hate when I have to wake up because, you know, I miss him. I wish he never saw EX Ministries. He never saw the ministry, none of that. I wish he could have seen something, but he didn't. But the one thing I can honestly, honestly say is there was peace there, and we got everything straight, and I don't feel, I mean, man, God healed that situation in time. Amen. Amen. So when your father is here, when he's living, when you have him, y'all don't, don't be dumb. Just don't let the devil make you miss that time. I'm sorry, y'all. This is tough. Hmm. That's the thing. Every day, I just wish, you know, nothing, nothing I have, nothing that has happened, nothing could replace him. And so, as I wish he was here. That's what I'm going to talk about today. So many reasons why you have to honor your father. We're going to talk about all these reasons. Everybody all right? Y'all good? One of the main reasons we have so many rogue ministers in the Christian faith today is because of what? Self hatred. Fatherlessness causes self hatred. When your father, when you hate your father, when you're upset with your father, when you don't like your father, when you have contempt in your heart with your father, you hate yourself. Because that's your image. You're made in his image and his likeness. Look at somebody, I'm made in God's image. you made in your daddy's image and his likeness. Yes, you are. So when you have an issue with him, you have an issue with your image. I know I did. Whoever, I can't see you. That must have been Delvin. You need to move him up closer. I need that. need some encouragement. This is tough. But that's your image. So when you... Have an issue with your father. You have an issue with yourself. Colossians 3 and 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they what? Be discouraged. discouraged. So yeah, fathers can do things. Fathers can act a fool, get in trouble. Fathers can hurt you, harm you, abandon you, neglect you. Fathers can do all of these things. But let me tell you how to deal with that stuff. You beg your daddy for some time. Yes, you do. You're begging. I need time, daddy. Find your daddy. Dig into his life. Force your way in. Most of the time, it's a very thin barrier there anyway. That little barrier is there is just because he don't know what your mama doesn't say. So he don't know what he's going to have to explain. But if you break through that and say, I ain't even here for that. I'm here because I want you in my life. Give me a piece. A crumb. Something. I'm not looking for amens. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, because it's going to affect you. And everything about you, it'll turn your life upside down. The worst part about it is it'll put you at a standstill. Celebrities, athletes, it don't matter how much money you have. You see these dudes signing million-dollar contracts at a standstill. Jay-Z is a gazillionaire, And still... At a standstill. When God calls men to preach the gospel, the first thing they must do is heal from all bitterness, malice, and what? You know, there's preachers in here. In this church, you know, I let the elders, we have a group of elders that speak, but there are other ministers and stuff in here. And some of y'all won't ever preach in here. Because there's contempt in your heart. There's malice in your heart. Some of y'all won't preach anyway. Some of y'all nobody will ever want to really hear. Because this is in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. 95% of all the online startup preachers got these problems. Because online they can start up with no accountability. Bitterness, malice. And contempt. God wasn't going to let me do it. He wasn't going to let me do it. Ain't no truth behind nothing. You ain't getting a vision. You ain't getting nothing. Until you go fix this. Ephesians 4 and 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and what? Clamor. And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice according to the word. A man that attempts to lead God's people without understanding submission and honor for an earthly father is going to do what? He's going to fall. The minute he tries to lead people and don't understand submission and honor for an earthly father. The earthly father, the submission and honor for the earthly father is your test for how you're going to submit and honor your heavenly father. That's it that's your meter i don't know why the church stopped qualifying preachers with this used to be a qualification if you're gonna be a preacher you gotta have you you can't have malice and bitterness and anger in your heart they would have the young minister's hour and if you would get up there it'd be 10 guys and you only get five minutes each and they testing to see who's who's angry Preacher would critique you after the pastor and say, now you you mention yourself a lot in your sermon. That's pride. So I'm going to sit you down for a while. You was trying to call folks names and call folks out. An issue you had in the congregation, you preached on that. You only had five minutes and you wove that in? (laughs) I'm going to sit you down for a while. No, this is what they used to do. Back in the old day, they would test you. Am I telling the truth, Elder? They'll test you. And that preacher will make sure you in the right the right spirit before you get up and address the people. Amen. In, the, in the New Testament church, it was two years before they would even consider you a member. But they want to make sure you've worked out all this stuff so you don't cause division and discord. Hebrews 12 and 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest the root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby it's going to defile many. God wants to make sure this root is cut off before you get up in front of people. Moses was chosen by God. Listen, now folks talk about Moses because Moses was the first type of Christ. Moses was the deliverer of the people, but Moses had issues. Moses had issues, and, and his issues were fatherlessness issues. He was abandoned by his parents, and he grew up in old pagan Egypt, worshiping false gods so he had bitterness rage in him anger in him and then you add hotep and all him to it all the pharaohs and that foolishness yeah moses was a hot mess he was god's deliverer but moses had a little ways to go to get some things fixed Can I preach in here? Folks, oh, I dare you say that about Moses. You just saying that because this is hitting home with you. (laughs) I'm all in your plate. Moses was chosen by God, but he lacked some fundamental principles that would help him deal with God's people. Now, Moses was going to be the first person to assign elders over people, to put people over, basically structure a hierarchy in the fellowship moses is the creator of that yeah to bring structure to god's body in the earth so there were some things moses had to get right or he would have picked people out of the wrong spirit (laughs) exodus 2 and 12 the bible said moses one day look this reminds me of me Back in the day, he looked this way and then he looked that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He had issues. Amen. Yeah, abandonment issues, man. They left me. He don't understand this is going to be the greatest Sunday school story ever. You was in that basketball. Don't you know that's a page in history you writing. Moses didn't know that. All I know is I looked up and I was with some other folks. And these weren't my people. The Bible says that God led Moses to who? Jethro. So God wasn't going to call Moses with a burning bush, call him to deliver God's people, and he's a murderer and he's rogue. No, no, we got we, we to gotta work on Moses a little bit and work some of, these, some of these issues out of him before we set him up to deliver God's people. Even before he goes to talk to Pharaoh, we got to get some things out of Moses. Oh, this story registers with me because I was the same way. Bible says that God led Moses to Jethro in order for him to learn how to answer and submit to a what? A godly man. How you know Jethro was godly because the Bible said he was a priest of Midian. Exodus 3 and 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. So Moses was answering to his father-in-law. His father-in-law stepped in and became that dude to teach him how to work a job. You think Moses had worked a job before this? In Egypt, Moses was second to the, to, to, to the son of the Pharaoh. He didn't have to work for anything. He didn't know how to work. How you going to lead people and you don't have a work ethic? Man, I'm preaching in here. These folk jump online and start a ministry and don't have a work ethic? You can't even make it on time to Popeye's? No, you got to start cooking sandwiches early. You have no work ethic. You're going to lead God's people with no work ethic. So, and you know, he married Jethro's daughter. So Jethro like, dude, whether you call to God or not, you're going to have a job. If you want my daughter. And I'm going to teach him. And he taught him how to work and be responsible and answer to him. Yeah, Moses didn't just jump up and deliver God's people. I know the cartoon was a little different. That's the only only story some of y'all know. (laughs) The prince of Egypt. But see, what happened was, the little girl started singing. Mm. The Bible said she started singing that song. look at somebody say read the bible please the bible version is accurate those songs aren't in the bible in order to follow the voice of god and not be self-willed a man has to truly repent for hating his father and himself then be set free from the spirit of abandonment because whenever you hate Have hate or contempt in your heart for your father, you feel abandoned by him. And an abandoned spirit makes you too dependent on people. I know, I'm pretty. Yeah, you worried about what folks think? Can God use anybody that's worried about what folks think? You can't even put Jesus saved on your Facebook page. You're so worried about what the naysayers are going to say about you. Oh you. You're so worried about your self-image. You think about yourself first. There's something wrong with that. Yeah, that's why God has to heal that abandonment in you. So that you're not dependent upon what people think. And what people say about you. You don't formulate your life based on people's opinions. It'll be God's opinion. But if you have an abandonment issue, if you got disdainment for your father, if you got an issue with what your dad did, what he didn't do, what was missing, and if you carrying that around, you have abandonment issues. You'll abandon the good times that you had with him. Thinking about all the bad stuff. You know, ain't that many called of God on this earth? I know the internet says different, and I know the TBN schedule says different. (laughs) But I'm here to tell you, it's not that many. It's not that many. (laughs) A lot of these folks do it what they want to do because they got an issue that they're trying to overcome. God left some of them a long time ago because when he put them with Jethro... They left him. When God brought the Jethro in their life, they abandoned him. But Exodus 4 and 18 uh, uh, tells a story after Moses had seen the burning bush, after God had spoke to him and called him, whatever. It says, and Moses went and returned to who? Now this is where a bunch of folk mess up. They get that call. The bush talked to me. The bush caught on fire. The bush told me God's about to use me. So let me go launch my ministry. And they skip this step right here. The Bible says Moses returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, not his wife. Bible didn't say he went and got his wife, packed up his stuff, and went and operated in the call of God that came from the bush. No. It said he went. To his father-in-law. Then said unto him, let me go, I pray thee. He's asking for his blessing. Can I go and do this? Return to my brethren which are in Egypt and see whether they be yet alive? Can I just go check on them? I need permission from you because God has assigned me to you. And if I can do what you say, I can do what God says. If I can respect and honor your position in my life, I can respect and honor God's position in my life. And Jethro said to Moses, what? Go in peace. Poor God got a way of doing stuff. A man that has contempt in his heart for his earthly father will search for an earthly replacement. Always. You're going to find something to replace your dad. You're going to find something to replace the security you get from your own self-image. That's what it is. That's your self-image. So you're supposed to get something from that. When you're in the presence of your father, when you have a relationship with your father, you're supposed to glean from being in the presence of your own image. When you don't have that, a man has to go replace this. What does he replace it with? Women, sex, porn, stuff that glorifies his image, makes him feel good about his human self. What his father would give him. That's what does it. Yeah, you're going to please yourself because you're down on your own self-image, because you're denying or you have contempt for the image of yourself. He becomes even more dangerous when he submits under a corrupt leader that perverts his good intentions. So just imagine if Jethro had been a snake a wolf and Moses that vulnerable no father looking for an example. God led him to a godly priest to teach him the right way. But so many men put themselves under wicked men and learn the ways of the wolves and become deceivers themselves. Started out with good intentions, but learn the okey-doke because you got under the wrong person. When this behavior is practiced in the church, all this old covering and... Ugh, these fatherless men looking for somebody to lead them and then these men get them and take advantage of them make them their adjutants and carry my bible and comb my hair change my clothes nah man i'm not into that roman catholic uh uh, catholicism junk i don't believe in that man worship stuff man i just preach god's word he gets the credit but don't be trying to worship me But when this behavior is practiced in church, leaders become self willed and usually covet the praise of people and the accolades of their leaders. Now, listen to what I'm saying. They covet the praise of people. So then it becomes about them. They want the hand clap, they want the applause, they want everybody to stand up when they walk in the room. Everyone, just, oh, just stop the music. Uh, the the, 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 the presiding prelate of the it, uh, is walking in. Everybody rise. I ain't rising for no man not in the church now if it's the courthouse I'm getting up <laughs> he has the power of life and death in his gavel he can make me or break me in this situation I'm going to do what the gavel say I ain't thinking about none of y'all but in church I ain't standing up for no preacher so you know they covered the praise of the people and the And the accolades of their leaders, so the accolades of their leaders means, now listen, this is the trap. You done grew up under a preacher that's getting served like Caesar. You're going to want some of that. Either you're going to want some of that or you're going to look whack in front of your woman. Yeah, this dude is the grand poobah. I mean, he everything. When he walks in, you got to bow and hand him a toothpick. I saw that at a church one time, almost tripped the dude. He got in front of me, bowed and handed a toothpick up to the dude sitting on the thing, on the dais. I wanted to kick that one leg from under him and make him roll over with that toothpick. And I hope it jabs you in the neck. You gonna bow down and give somebody a toothpick. And what do you need a toothpick for in service? You need a toothpick for in church on the stage. I mean bowed down and rolled it through his fingers and he was right in front of me man i looked at him i mean i just oh my gosh i i wanted to do something to him i wanted to do something and the worst part his wife was sitting a few rows behind me now what must she think women come what what would you think your husband had a 2 come on women i I know we got some hood in here y'all let me hit a hood what would you think you know that don't happen in the hood your man folded all up handing a toothpick to another man because he's grand when he got home his wife probably went off now you know you're only doing it so you can get in that position now i tolerate it just a few more times but when when is your toothpick time when 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 you get the pick? When they, when they, when they roll it your way, you know, you know, and so now he don't have no word, no training, no discipline, but he going to start something because he want a toothpick too. I just preached in here. That's why I said most, most, most of these folk ain't called by God. So they're coveting what they're seeing and they're coveting the accolades of their leaders now all of a sudden they want to be something brother you used to just want to serve the people now you want to be a bishop yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden because you watched other bishops get what what from folks yeah. and your wife sitting there looking at you like yeah you feel like trash because you don't have the cross you on ebay looking for one. Oh. <laughs> you done found all you could find was the big graveyard cross you got that in your pocket <laughs> you can't afford the real one. why y'all doing that man what does that mean what does the cross what does that mean 2 Timothy 3 and 8 now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses so do these resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith boy this passage tells you though that God had done a work in Moses Janice and Jambres withstood him in front of everybody Moses we're not doing what you say but an old Moses would have been like wait a minute now you ain't heard there's some stories you need to listen to that was the old Moses this tells you what did Moses do? Moses called on God In the midst of the people, God had done something in his heart. Changed that man. This process with Jethro, this process changed his temperament. He wasn't looking to kill nobody no more. (laughs) He's Like, I'll let God kill him. Ground open thee up. Amen. I can honestly say that's a transformation in me. Because Elder A, sometimes he'd be like, dude, you just, I mean, you done just softened all the way up. I remember a time when you were, I, but it's God that he, he worked that process in me. Earthly fathers give boundaries. Look at somebody and say boundaries. boundaries. Oh, come to heroes, men, because Wednesday we're talking about boundaries. We're talking about boundaries. But these boundaries show us how godly perimeters work. Listen, we honor God by honoring our earthly father. So our earthly father makes these boundaries. And we honor these boundaries in order to honor our heavenly father. These boundaries are going to teach us something. Well, what if your father ain't in your life? Go find him. Get him in your life. Some kind of way. Some kind of way. Get him there. Some kind of way. You know, folks want to move down here, and I'm going to relocate, but I just had a baby. Where's, where's the baby's father? Well, he's not saved. whatever, well, then stay there where he is. Get him saved. I can't get him saved. Well, then, he, unsaved he need to be with his child. Amen. Yeah, you don't ever, man, you talking about some problems. That baby going to be cute for some years. They're going to be cute for some years. Mm, round 11, 12. Six, ain't nothing you can do to make up for that. Right. Nothing. That's like, right. nothing. No, nothing you can do. Round 11, 12. See, God is telling you now, right now, you can find it. You, you, better get, you better get them in your life. You better get it. You ignore it. 10, 11, 12, come. Abandonment issues kick in. Uh-huh. Yeah, get ready. Get ready for some hate, some anger, somebody cussing you out and telling you off. Get ready for it. We honor God by honoring our earthly fathers. Matthew 7, 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them? That ask him? what is he saying here? He's using a parallel of your earthly father representing what he does as a heavenly father. How are you going to know what a heavenly father can do if you don't know what an earthly father can do? Daddy walking around living and you ignoring him, not talking. Are you kidding me? God's word is abundantly clear. Honoring your father and mother is God's commandment. Before anyone can do ministry, they must first establish ministry in their homes. The home is the example and should be the catalyst for all ministry to be exemplified in. When a man can forgive... And honor his earthly father. He can truly serve his heavenly father. Once he experiences this uh, level of deliverance. He will give God's people the right remedies for their own deliverance. But when a man struggles to forgive and honor his father. He will struggle to what? This will create a barrier in his life. That will not allow him to go where God truly wants to take him. Attempting to pastor and leave with contempt in your heart for your own father makes it impossible to be disciplined and corrected by your heavenly father. Are y'all listening to me? Y'all, this is true stuff. Well, I forgave him. I forgave him. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You know how I know you didn't? You're emotionally unstable. That's the first side. Emotionally unstable. You need anger management. That's the next sign. You can't manage your anger. Throwing stuff, breaking stuff, punching stuff. Cutting, folks. Cutting yourself. Hurting your own flesh. No, you ain't past it. Many today are leading people astray because they made emotional decisions to lead a church Or start an online ministry without first dealing with their emotional issues. I mean, how many words of the day do you get from folks like that? Got a word. Always got a word and homes are toe up. Relationships toe up. Hate everybody. A congregation or a following only amplifies the contempt in your heart. When a man does not honor his own father... He does not honor his own body. This is why men in this state tattoo themselves, drink, or smoke excessively, have violent rages, outbursts, physical assault, physically assault others, or punch walls, break objects. These are wrathful outbursts, and they are signifying that there is contempt in his heart. Yeah, that's why you got that tattoo. You didn't even know, did you? You thought you were trying to be fashionable that's contempt you had contempt in your heart so you wanted to punish punish the image that related to the one that caused the contempt unfortunately many are using ministry to cover up these issues but in turn they act as a pod piper and attract people with similar issues preach preach pastor yeah preach you telling it now no you ain't telling nothing these folks agree with you because they feel like that. Not you, you haven't used any word at all. Y'all all just feel like that. No one gets helped, but instead the word is used as a source of deflection. Let's don't deal with the real issue. Let's just shout and dance and have church. I don't even see how they do it. I see some of them online. I don't see how they do it. Welcome to the church, everybody. Everybody ready to pray, Lord? You ready to pray, Lord? Look at somebody say, I'm ready to pray, Lord. Pray, Lord. <laughs> For an hour. For a whole hour. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Y'all bring the offering baskets. Yes, Lord. Already? Yes, Lord. <laughs> then after offering, did y'all enjoy the service? Did you enjoy the service? Who enjoyed the service? Look at somebody and say, I bumped. Enjoy, bump, the service! (laughs) Yeah! Woo! We had a time in here today, didn't we, y'all? Just tired! Why you so tired? Didn't do nothing! We, whoo! God moved in here today! Couldn't even have it, we couldn't we couldn't even preach! Couldn't even preach! I'm getting tired mocking them. This foolishness. Man, I ain't going to no church like that. All, you mean the whole, that was the whole service? Thank God it's our anniversary service. Look at somebody say, it's our anniversary. Look at somebody say, it's Bob. Bob, this ain't no different than the other service this change the name look at somebody say welcome to our family and friend service welcome to dude this is the same thing man can you change the decorations or something you're doing the same thing you know what that is deflection It's deflection. Because you got couples in there about to divorce. Children in there about to never come back again as soon as they get old enough. Some of them about to go out and get pregnant. Sleeping around. They're all in there. So it's a deflection. Instead of me dealing with any of that. Bump, bump. Bump, bump. Bump. That's all it is. Why? Because somebody is pastoring that shouldn't be. You know they shouldn't be because their wife got to tell them everything to do. That means you di- You shouldn't be. In my book, you need to be somewhere sat down. She got cables plugged in your head controlling you. <laughs> what you wanted to say, you couldn't say. And I got, oh! long <laughs> time. <laughs> I don't know how I just illustrated that it was in my mind just like that too the ministry never penetrates their own lives and their homes, relationships, children etc. reflect this inconsistency so they in there bumping and shouting sweating and passing out, running diving into drums, pulling the foam off the walls, crashed into the screen, I mean they tearing the whole church up and ain't none of the kids say eh? They about to get divorced or have been a couple of times. This is a serious issue in our world today. But all this started because there was no Jethro. There was no Jethro. Somebody got the call or felt they got the call and went straight for it. Without being disciplined. Without working them daddy issues out. Without working that fatherlessness out. Without working that abandonment out without working that anger, that wrath, that clamor, without working those things out, we must make sure that before we even try to marry, lead, or accept our call to ministry, that we get this stuff right. God will not continue using us if we do not first honor our fathers. I mean, some of y'all are really waiting on God to do something. But there's contempt in your heart. You can't even love the human man that God has brought or put in your life. How are you going to love the heavenly man that you can't even see? First Timothy 3 and 2. A bishop, which is a pastor, elder minister in this particular translation. A bishop. Or pastor or elder leader then must be blameless and the husband of one wife that signifies he needs to be a man vigilant sober well it does a woman can't be the husband of one wife i mean ain't that plain well, we don't need to pull out the concordance on that that's pretty simple Husband of one wife, diligent, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, and apt to teach. He needs to be all of these things: able to teach, able to hear, able to give hospitality, uh, given to hospitality. Want to do good for people. All these things of good behavior. All these things. All but three and three goes into the issues: fatherlessness issues, bad relationship with daddy issues. Here they go. Not given to wine because a person will overdo it when they have that issue. When that is in there, that contempt is in there. They're gonna smoke something, they're gonna drink something. You can't stop that contempt in there. They, they gotta quiet that hatred. So they have to do it with a substance. And they're gonna abuse it. Yeah. Every time you see a dude trying to get past his past and forget everything, what he doing? He's standing on the street corner with a what? A bottle of something. Why does he always have about why does he always have a bottle of something because he's trying to forget everything that's pain in his past he's trying to wash away so you can't be given to wine and drinking in excess as God's leader you can't be a striker what's a striker are you punching stuff cuz you mad busting windows Throwing stuff, picking up objects, like they said when I was growing up, chunking them at folks. You chunking stuff? Really? That's a striker. Getting mad, slamming stuff down, kicking stuff. You can't do that and lead God's people. And that was me. I was just like that. And God had to get that out of me. Now, man, before I do anything with you, you're going to have to quit. Wilding out. Nor greedy of filthy lucre. Oh, man, because see, the money shows everybody that said you couldn't that you did. So everybody who said you wouldn't look at me now. That's how they get greedy for filthy lucre. Same issue, fatherlessness. But you have to be patient, not a brawler. Why are these two together like this? Because see, there's a semicolon. Patient, not a brawler. Okay, these things go together because you have to be able to listen to folk, Even when you're angry, you have to be in a disposition where you can hear things and work things out logically and not be ready to fight. What? 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 You can't lead God's people. A brawler. That's it, Doc. That's it. A brawler. And you can't be covetous wanting what other folks have. Because that's the first thing that happens. When you have a bad relationship with a father, yeah, you start envying folks that had a father. You become covetous and you want what they have and then many times you want their father. You got to be one that ruleth his own house. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. How you going to rule your house and you got these issues? For if a man know not how to rule his own house, he's disqualified. Then you can't be a novice because if you're a beginner, you're going to be lifted up in pride and you're going to fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without the sinners. What does that mean? That means when sinners are around you, they know you saved. I just preached in this place. They know you saved. you mean you hanging out with sinners talking like them. Drinking and cussing like them, acting just like them, then you don't have a good report by them. Because so, if you're acting like that, you're going to fall into reproach and the snare. You know what a snare is? A snare is a trap that catches you and you can't get out. You can't get out. You're stuck. When you fall into a snare of the enemy, you're there. That's it. That's your existence. you just like that. Life passes you by 10 years, 20 years. You're in the same position. Walking around, woe is me, jive, Turkiness. You just couldn't progress because you're in a snare. You fell into a snare. You hung out with the world, acted like the world, but then wanted something from God? You're in a snare, bro. This father thing, I'm telling you, fix it fix it fix it god is hardcore about this whole lot of other stuff happened with me that i don't even want to go into but it was all because of the contempt i had in my heart i know my i know god gave my dad that night before he passed to talk to me and say what he needed to say and all of that but the way I felt about him at that point, nothing he said changed anything. I had decided to love my father because he was my father. Without him, I wouldn't be here. And there's no way my daddy pastored 18 years, 20 years, traveling, two hours, dealing with all in people. Dealing with bishops and pastors and different ones all that type. There's no way he dealt with all of that and didn't learn something. His age caused him to learn. And that last five years, I, I wanted to get as much out of him as I could. Didn't know my time was limited. I just wanted to get it because I felt I needed it. Because the way I go after him and the way I get stuff from him is the same way I'm going to go after God. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That was my example. So I'm telling you now, y'all, just, I mean, these bad feelings, angry, whatever, man, you don't know how long you have with your father. And if you want God to do anything for you, you got to honor him. Amen. Everyone bow your heads. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this message. Thank you, God, because this is something that's very important to you. And it just makes sense. It makes sense that you put heavenly, I mean, that you put earthly fathers and mothers in our lives so that we can learn order and structure and learn how to answer to someone, learn how to receive from someone, learn how to talk, communicate, learn how to obey, learn how to respect. All of these things, it just makes sense that this is how we learn our honor and our respect for you. It makes sense. And this is why the enemy is so bent on getting men out of the home and breaking up families and restructuring the family, redefining the family, because it's going to affect the way we see you. So I pray right now, Lord, that everyone that hears this message, God, would go and deal with this abandonment, this fatherlessness, this self-hatred, all of the issues, Lord, that are stemming from it, so that their own image they won't hate. And so they can love and listen to you and honor you the right way. I pray right now, Lord, that this message will penetrate even the angriest, the wrathful, the vengeful people. Lord, that are carrying around all kinds of contempt and hatred in their heart for another human being, namely their fathers. I pray, Lord, that your forgiveness will arrest their hearts and they will begin to honor their fathers. In Jesus' name, amen.